Welcome to the Purpose Cycle Podcast, the podcast which presents listeners with impactful practices to build towards fruition and fulfillment. Here's a little taster of what we've got in store for you today. Happy and appreciative of the fact that I can do this with my life. A lot yeah. of people aren't able to travel. Um, yeah. So I think that's something you need to remember. You have to remember how, how lucky you are, how fortunate you are. And people are always going to put a damper on, on what you want to do. Um, yeah. But I think the most important thing is just to realise that it is your dream. It's nobody else's. You know, They're not necessarily going to be there every step of the way. And build an appreciation as well for, for what you have. I think that's probably the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Purpose Cycle podcast. My guest this week has amassed a range of experiences from travelling across Europe, Asia and even Northern Africa. His stories and eye-opening experiences have delivered a range of fulfilling moments that will live with him forever. Ladies and gentlemen, my guest this week is Robbie Cheeseman. Hi Robbie, how are you doing? Yeah, very well, thank you. Thanks for having us. Great stuff, yes. And this week's episode basically is, is relating to that intro and talking about travel and the impacts that travel can have on a person, really. They the say travel broadens the mind and you have a lot of experiences uh, with travel, so I cannot wait to delve into some of the insights that you've got to offer. So, good. right, uh, basically... Uh, I, I gave you a little run through off air about the the purpose cycle and, and what we're sort of building here with the podcast. And we're going to start right from the beginning. So before we before we do that, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and introduce yourself to the audience? Yeah, sure. Um, obviously, travel is something I've always been extremely keen on. Um, my background is sort of involving travel in that my job involves a lot of travel across the country. Um, but something that I've always wanted to achieve, uh, and it's always been a, a big dream for me, is, is to travel the world. Um, and that's something that I, I feel like I've, I'm starting to achieve more and more. Um, obviously, as we'll get into further on in, in the conversation, it is difficult at the moment to uh, to be able to do what I want to do. But certain barriers to entry, but you know, you overcome them eventually and you do get to do what you want if you, if you keep at it. So that's, uh, yeah, that's a bit about myself. Brilliant. Okay. And obviously we, we know each other. We go way back anyway, having gone to school together um, and, yeah. you know, we're both the same age. So I obviously know your story quite well. But we're going to recap it and go through it basically so the listeners can be inspired from some of the stories you have from traveling and hopefully the, there's some tips for them on how they can sort of yeah. broaden their horizons as well. Okay. So um, first of all, Len, so the, the, the aspiration phase, what were the external triggers was it upon leaving school or was it, you know, from a young, really young age? Where, where did you sort of gain that aspiration from to go and travel? Was it maybe people that you knew as well or was it just something, you know, from yourself that made you think, right, I want to see the world? I think, to be honest, it was inherent. Um, everybody has dreams and, and aspirations in life that they want to achieve. I, I'm sure as early as I can remember, the only thing that really mattered to me in terms of future goals Obviously, you want to be, um, you know, economically and financially stable. You want to be able to to do as much as you can possibly do within your career. But the most important thing for me personally was that I wanted to travel the world. 
um, and just see as much as I possibly could and just immerse myself completely in those cultures and, and way of life and just just to see what it's all about, really. Obviously, there's so many different parts of the world, so many different cultures that I've touched upon that you just want to be able to see. Um, not just to say you've seen it, but just to understand it better. Yeah, and you say that it was inherent and, you know, about making it a priority to see other cultures uh, and immerse yourself in that. Was it something then from that you discussed with, with your family from quite a young age or, or was it something amongst friends? Yeah, I think, that, as I say, from as long as I can possibly remember, it's just been something I've always had an interest in. Um, and I think my family were fully aware um, that my intentions were to travel. Um, I, I think I can even remember doing a presentation about it when we talked about dreams in school. Um, and that, that was at a really young age. Yeah. Uh, might have even been primary school, to be honest. I remember that presentation and just talking extensively about how I'd like to visit these different parts of the world. And not only that, but I was starting to put plans and actually formulate ways in which I could mm. get to these far-reaching destinations, which sounds ridiculous when you're a young kid, but um, I was fully in intending on doing this. Um, and there was nothing that was going to stop me, basically. Yeah, amazing. Um, because really, when we were in primary school and early secondary school, there was no such thing as social media, really. So there was no... Um, pictures videos social media posts to see other people out there see the world it's quite easy to see the world now but without actually leaving yeah. your living room and looking on your phone so i imagine like you say with the presentation you will have done a little bit of sort of research on the internet watch programs as yeah. well about travel was that something that you were really into yeah absolutely and i think you're right we're in the age of information now and everything is so easily accessible um, you can find out whatever you need on the internet now, just putting in a search, watching somebody's vlog or, you know, finding some advice on, on a, a platform such as a, a message board. Mm. Um, but back then, it was difficult to access that information. Um, but as you say, you just see things on TV and, you know, your imagination runs wild and you just start to appreciate what could be seen if, if you put the effort in to actually achieve it. So, Yeah, I, su I suppose that's quite a huge positive, really, because... When you do the, the research and like you say about your presentation, watching the programs, you learn more. And they say the more you know, you find out the more you don't know, because you obviously think, wow, I've actually got quite a, a, a vast world to explore, um, as opposed to someone maybe who was a little bit more sheltered. And that's going to take us into that next phase, really, the realisation phase. Was there anybody that didn't share that ambition with you? Um, in terms of like with people like that was that's ridiculous like what's the point it, we're fine here like England's a great country or you know people who didn't may, maybe have as broad of a a, a vision as, as you had yeah 100% um, you're never going to share uh, your dreams with others and people are always going to put a damper on on what you want to do um, yeah. but I think the most important thing is just to realize that it is your dream it's nobody else's you know they're not necessarily going to be there every step of the way and um, there are people that i've met friends uh, and family that think it's a waste of money and um, they maybe think you know going and sitting on a beach for two weeks and just sitting on a sun lounger every single day that's cool for a lot of people you know they like that mm. um, and they sort of say why you know why would you want to i think the best phrase i've ever heard is when somebody said why would you want to go and look at the Eiffel Tower? There's plenty of towers in England. And all <laughs> wow. Um, 
and then the and then the Berlin Wall and the Great Wall. Oh, I've got a wall in my back garden. It's like right, okay, mate. We'll leave that conversation there. Then I think we're on another level, aren't we? So yeah, yeah. and uh, I suppose as well, a lot of people think, why would I want to go away and return more tired than I was? Because a lot of people yeah. use holidays for escapism, yeah. don't they? And I think there isn't a differentiation between holiday and travelling. They sort of associate the two things, like, oh, I've, I've been to Spain and, you know, they've gone to Ibiza for, for a week, but but really they haven't seen much of Spain. You're in a bubble, right? So so what was the sort of thing for you? Did you, you know, like, in, in when you were holidaying, when you were younger, was you that kid that wanted to just go and explore everything and see everything? Or, you know, yeah. was, was that inherent from your parents as well? Yeah, one hundred percent. I think I don't necessarily know if it comes from my parents. I know for certain yeah. that my granddad has travelled the world, um, and he's, he's he's I mean he spent time in the navy, travelling all over the world on his own most yeah. of the time, um, and just exploring. And he would always say to me, and it's probably stuck with me. You know, you'd always want to see what the road would lead to, and you'd always be just curious as to what you could find. Um, because a lot of the times, if you do go off the beaten track and you don't stay within the, you know, the immediate proximity of the hotel, um, you will actually find some interesting things. And that is something that I've always wanted to do. Um, and I don't mm. think that will ever leave. Hopefully, um, mm. that will always stay with me. I'm not content, as I say, to just stay by the swimming pool, um, yeah. you know, drinking sangria all day. Like, cool, that's nice for a bit. But then it's also nice to go and do the other side of it, which is to explore. Yeah. Um, and just see what's out there. Just see what, what's, what's possible. Yeah. Fantastic uh, out, outlook on that because I remember um, prior to wanting to go to to do some football coaching in America, and my mum my mum saying to me, oh, "Don't go to America, you know you could get shot." Or do you know there's that sort of negative thing? Yeah, it's absolutely. like catastrophizing. And my dad as well saying, "Well, that's going to be another six months, eight months without without finding yourself a stable job." So how do you battle yeah. those sort of negative voices then of like? maybe the tr maybe people are trying to look out for you so it's not just like oh you've got a wall in the back garden like you've had before but there's sort of concerning voices and trying to reassure them that you're going to come out of this experience a lot better than before you went into it yeah well i, I think that's absolutely spot on um there are obviously a, a lot of risks involved particularly in going to some of these far out places um, and third world countries for example there is a lot of poverty a lot of crime and, uh, you know, things you would assume you would encounter, especially if you pay attention to the news. Um, but one thing I've certainly found whilst travelling and it's probably put my, my friends and family's minds at rest is that when you actually get out there and you meet the people, the, the vast, vast majority of people are, are friendly, kind. They want to help you. Um, I, I can very rarely think of a time that I've ever encountered any real danger. Um, you know, you, you may assume that these countries or these particular parts of, of cities that you visit might be dangerous, and that can play a part of the anxiety that goes without saying. But I think the most important thing is that you do remember what I've just said, which is that the vast majority of people are there to help you. And if you've got something to offer them, and, and likewise they can offer something to you, and a lot of the times they will, they will just want to help. You know, you're a guest in their country. Um, they certainly don't want to put you off from returning or put others off from coming, um, yeah. and they will they will just be completely selfless in that and help you out. It's very rare you'll encounter any anything dangerous or crime crime related or anything like that at all. 
Mm. Uh, I just want to touch on something before we go back and talk through your story after leaving school and things like that. When you said about the news yeah. as well, and not listen, you know, if you watch the news, you see this happening, that happening. Um, what type of sort of, um, I don't know, in, information gathering research do, do you do before wanting to go somewhere? Are you somebody who sort of blocks out the news, blocks out social media and tries to make an informed opinion of something yourself? Because there is a lot of negative press out there about if, if about anything, to be honest. You could find something negative that someone will want to say about anything in life. Yeah, and that's the job of the media, and specifically tabloids. Um, they are there to create hysteria and mm. make people panic and sell at the end of the day. That's what they're there for. But if you do your research, and like I say, there are chat rooms and message boards out there and a lot of public forums now, particularly, as you've said, social media is great. If you actually analyse and look into what people that live there or have visited there recently say, um, and vloggers in particular are great at addressing any issue that you may have. Um, yeah. And that's the best form of research is to actually speak or at least listen to people that have been there and done it. Because a lot yeah. of people haven't, um, and they're quite happy to spread the news that they maybe aren't fully aware of. Mm. Um, so I, th I think that's key, to be honest. Yeah, just like my mum saying, if you go to America, you get a shot. That's all she sees in the news, so she's going to think that. That's common, though. You know, that's yeah. commonplace. I think a lot of people will say that. Yeah. Um, and that's fair enough, because that's what the news spreads. So that's, yeah. Can't argue with it. <laughs> well, let's take it back then to sort of 15, 16, end of, end of school. You're leaving school. And yeah. obviously, you went into an apprenticeship, didn't you, uh, straight away? And was that basically... Yeah with that traveling aspect in mind, like I need to earn an income straight away and I can then fund my, my dream or, or was it something else that inspired you there? Uh, yeah. I think to be honest, it was probably a lack of inspiration. Um, yeah. I, I didn't, I wasn't really formulating or calculating any form of plan at that moment. Um, it was just purely to get myself into employment and work. And as I've said, fear does play a massive part in that. So you're probably thinking, What's the best thing I can do right now? Um, in terms of thinking about the future, that's something that I did later. Um, and I was very lucky and fortunate that I was in a position um, in it that would enable me to leave, um, leave that position with some capital, which then would help me fund my dream. Yeah. And um, you spent, was it two, three years? Was it in, you, in your employment before leaving? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, completed uh, an apprenticeship and, and obviously um, did as much as I possibly could there in terms of saving. Yeah. Um, I think after maybe a year or two, I had it in my mind what I wanted to do with that money. Um, but I also wanted a safety net as well, um, which I think is why I probably went down that route. Yeah, and freedom as well. A lot of people acquire trades early on with, with travelling in mind, you know, places like Australia that require, you know, you can, if you wanted to work out there and spend and spend a sustained amount of time, were your ambitions centered around being somewhere for, for months on end, or was it maybe short bursts of travel quite frequently to see as much as you could see of the world? I don't suppose I really had a preference, to be honest. Um, it, it's nice to mix it up. Yeah. Uh, ideally, you know, it would be nice to work and I have tried that. Uh, to work abroad, but I think um, re being realistic, probably short bursts of, of travel that have, have probably the most prominent ways okay. in which I've travelled, especially with uh, with society the way it is. Yeah. Um, 
you know you have to wear to enable yourself to to actually have the funds to travel so mm. 100% that's the best way I would say yeah and then you that sort of kick-started you wanting to to enroll in a you go back to university enroll in, in a, a business course I yeah. believe and yeah. what sort of freedom did that give you then because I understand you were working at the same time weren't you so you were still able to achieve some kind of income while studying yeah. that right yeah, I think the freedom that education gives you more than anything um, is the ability to have those holidays and to have that time. Um, I was working part-time, so it did enable me the ability to walk away um, whenever I wanted. It was sort of like a free a free role. Um, so I did have the ability to travel quite a bit, and that's where most of my long tours sort of came in because I had that time frame to travel across Southeast Asia. Um, to travel across Europe on a number of occasions with mm. friends. And, you know, that, that was the opportunity, which was the time frame. Uh, and that's probably uh, one of the biggest obstacles, to be honest, in, in being able to work, go away where you want to and to travel, um, travel as much as possible, really. Yeah, and uh, you've got permission to speak freely now because obviously I work in the education system and so does your partner. Um, you say about the education system gave you that freedom to travel because of the time that you were in and out of, uh, uh, you know, term. But yeah. thinking back to school and university and all of the education you amassed early on in your life, do you think that did anything for you in terms of giving you a, a broadened mind of, of travel? Because one of the themes I've seen from the people I've spoken to on every episode so far is that the education system somewhat failed them a little bit because it didn't give them those key skills needed for being an adult it was certainly a, a sort of machine that you you came out the other side with a set amount of skills to be a worker but not necessarily an explorer an entrepreneur any of these things what do you what do you, what are your thoughts on that uh, yeah i can completely agree with that um i think something I, I say often is that school doesn't necessarily prepare you for later life and um, there are a lot of modules i would say that i miss it i think that the most surprising thing for me uh more than anything was life skills like I think we just touched upon um, yeah. the modules in terms of being financially secure when necessarily in there and I think there are a lot of gaps particularly yeah. in how to run a home um, and manage your own finances I think those are the two biggest the, the biggest um, aspects of education that are missing or, or were at the time when I was there yeah um, and I don't think preparation for a sort of you know, basic organisation skills were there, but in terms of actually organising your life, building goals and building a framework for how you're going to get there, I don't feel like they were there at all. Yeah, and let, let's flip it on its head then. Did travelling give you the skills that you needed, managing finances while you were away because you were, you know, planning planning the, your trip, um, speaking to people, communication skills? Did Is that what travelling gave you? And did you learn more when you were out there than you did in school? Yeah, I mean, you can obviously you can attribute all of those uh, to traveling, but you're certainly broadening your understanding of the world, um, and you're you're building as you touch upon your time management skills. Um, you've got to be flexible. Anything involving planning and organisation, I mean, you're not going to get from A to B unless you do a bit of planning. Yeah. Um, and and like you said yourself, speaking to others, you know, if you're approaching somebody in the street who quite possibly doesn't speak your language that does involve quite a bit of confidence and and sort of alleviates the approach anxiety of 
walking up to somebody, a stranger, and just having that conversation and, and meeting people. Yeah. Um, so there's, and there's a fair bit of negotiation in there as well. You know, there are so many aspects to travel. You have to be able to negotiate if you go into the majority of markets across the world um, and you want to pick something up, you know, and, and again, getting into a taxi, etc. So, yeah, you, there are so many skills that you learn. Um, but I wouldn't necessarily attribute all of that to traveling. I'd just say it's a key factor in building yeah. on those. Okay, right. Um, well, that's, yeah, like you say, broadening the mind is really important. Uh, and like you say, you had this this goal for quite some time. I'm going to touch again on the realisation phase and more so yourself. Was there anything internally, any obstacles that you, prior to your first trip, your first proper trip, obviously, we went on the lad's holiday at 18, so we can't really class that as a as a travel yeah. as such. Not um, quite but, the same, yeah. No. <laughs> but coming up to your sort of first trip, uh, how old was you when you made your first, you know, planned travel experience um i think to be honest i was uh probably just starting out at uni i, I went to mm. uni quite late and uh, so i think i was around 21 yeah. when i did my first sort of tour across central europe okay um, yeah. yeah was was there anything there then prior to that that you had to deal with internally was there any sort of um, you, you know, you built your whole life towards wanting to go away and see the world, but then when it comes down to it, was there any anxieties there? Was there any any self doubt? Was there doubt from others? Was there anything that you had to get through uh, and be honest and open with yourself prior to making that first big step? Yeah, certainly a lot of anxieties. I think, um, as we've discussed, safety is a big issue, mm. um, and you do start to doubt yourself, particularly as you can probably empathise with when you're going out on your own. Um, when I went to work in Portugal, I was, you know, quite scared about it because I was on my own, completely on my own. It's something alien to me. As you did yourself when you travelled across America, um, you probably found that it is quite daunting a lot of the time. And particularly when you're there as well, you you, you maybe think, um, you know, you're solid before you go. And mm. you sort of, I've got, I'm not going to encounter any issues whatsoever. But once you actually get there, it can be quite daunting at times and, and you just have to sort of get over that and crack on as best as you possibly can. Yeah. And was there any, this is relating to one of the questions we had on Instagram, really, was there any sort of sense of you wanted to go for an escapism from the, the life at home, but then when you got out there, was there any way of, you know, was there any feelings of I want to escape this and go back home straight away? That sort of anxiety-based feel. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I do think, you know, after particularly when I travelled Southeast Asia and it was coming towards the end of the six-week period, I think I was about ready to come home um, to some home comforts um, and to sort of escape that feeling of, of being an outsider and not really fitting in. Um, it's great. It's great initially and it's great for such a long period of time, but then I think there are always moments, like I say, when that anxiety just builds and you start to feel as though maybe um, you're ready to go home. Hmm. Um, but that, that's quite infrequent, I've got to say. I think the majority of the time I'm just happy and appreciative of the fact that I can do this with my life. A lot yeah. of people aren't able to travel. Um, yeah. So I think that's something you need to remember. You have to remember how how lucky you are, how fortunate you are. I think a lot of people might have that feeling of like um, related to sort of a social anxiety of you not wanting to go to a party, you then you get dragged there by your friends, but then when you're there, you have a really good time. And it's probably a lot like yeah. that with travelling, but on a 
on a much bigger scale because you're not just going to a party around the corner, you're leaving the country, going to a completely yeah. new environment. Um, let's go to your, your first trip then, you say, across Central Europe. Do you want to tell us a little yeah. bit about that trip and what it entailed? Yeah, I mean, as I say, I've been on a few trips with friends um, across Europe, but this was sort of, I think it's probably the easiest one to, to navigate and um, quite close to home. Um, so it's not quite as daunting, so it's a good sort of starting platform. Um, but yeah, there's certainly, a, I think be, within within the EU, there are certain regulations which protect you, so there's not as much border control. You obviously don't have to worry about visas, or you certainly didn't at the time. Um, so, you know, that it, it becomes a lot easier and a lot more feasible. Um, and I think, though, quite a lot of people are up for it because the expense is taken out. Um, money is such a big issue when it comes to traveling. I know we've talked about obstacles, and I'd say that is probably one of the biggest. Um, if you haven't got the ability to save money, you ain't going to be traveling to, you know, the Far East, for example. Mm. Um, it's just not going to happen. So Europe is, is much more manageable in terms of funds and being able to finance that trip. Yeah. And uh, which countries was it that you visited? Um, much of the EU, to be honest with you, Central EU. So, I mean, Poland, um, Slovakia, I've been to Germany. Um, I've, yeah, I've spent time in Austria. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, that, I think that was the first trip. Um, yeah. And then on, on subsequent trips, I've been to different places. But, yeah, that was the first sort of exploration, yeah. Yeah, and that's sort of the what I call like the initiation phase. So the actual goal of of just doing it. If anyone has like a you know a business they want to start, a trip they want to go on, anything like that, it's just important just to start. And like you said, you started with a relatively straightforward trip for yourself. Um, first of all, was that deliberate? And second of all, what were the reflections then from that first trip? What were the lessons that you learned about future trips? I think you're just uh, reiterating the fact that you enjoy this and it's something that you want to do with the rest of your life. Um, yeah. And that was the most important thing for me. The most important realisation was um, I'm on the right track. And you, yeah. you do make mistakes. And as I say, there are moments with anything in life that you start um, whereby you're going to find issues, complications. And as I say, money dries up and you've got to be flexible and you've got to find new routes and new plans and there are so many barriers there, but you've just got to keep going. And and the enjoyment factor was key for me. You know, I just enjoyed it so much that I was ready to commit more time and effort to, to doing it in the future. Yeah. And with the lessons that you learned then, I'm, I'm assuming things like, you know, you say about money drying up. If you end up overpaying for something from a market, for example, you know, you get not, not, not so much conned, you know, out of like, 20 30 euros or whatnot i suppose that's not really like um an off-putting experience because you're learning from it and it's you know it's a mistake yes but something that you learn from i suppose the experiences that you got which were invaluable much more outweigh the the monetary side of things when you come home and you've you've spent your money surely yeah 100 and um you know money stretches a lot further and we're in a very fortunate position so if you do get ripped off for example, for a you know twenty quid, mm. I think you can get over that at some point um, during the trip, and just take the positives rather than the negatives. I think that's the most important thing. Yeah, uh, it's quite interesting now. Like when we talk about it, uh, you know, as at thirty, when obviously we, we've gone through it in our twenties, and a lot of people listening to this might be in that demographic of 
um, going through the twenties and thinking, I, I need to really do this now. Be, you know, before um, I go to university or before I, I get myself in a, a full time job. But you've managed to yeah. consistently keep up your your travelling ambitions throughout university and then into working life as well. So coming to what was it towards the end of university where you went to Egypt? Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, that was uh, just completely out of the blue. I just decided that I was ready to sort of venture a little bit further. Um, so Egypt, and then I spent time in the United Arab Emirates as well, um, just visiting different places. And yeah, yeah. it just all fell in, fell in nicely. I was ready to take that next step. Um, and I wanted to explore further and sort of immerse myself in other cultures. Um, and this was the perfect opportunity to do that. So, yeah. Um, and I think the fact that, you know, obviously you've seen the pyramids as well and you've seen the Burj Khalifa and these mm. other amazing monuments part and part of history and heritage of the world, you want to just go out and see it. So yeah. that was the next step. Um, and I was in a fortunate position, as I say, the time you do get from being in university just gives you that sort of, that freedom to to explore. Yeah, and you had sort of the open-mindedness of, of friends along the way in, in both trips that would be willing to come with you and let you sort of... Uh, direct things i'm assuming as well you're like you know i want to see you know you know exactly obviously from what we've heard so far you like to do the research so are you someone with yeah. a plan straight away yeah i think i'm quite rigid in terms of my organization 100 uh, i like to be in control probably not always a good thing and it can cause confrontation and i think that's why a lot of solo travels uh, prefer to sort of go out and do their own thing yeah uh, and go off and do it alone, you know, and if you've got the ability to do that and sort of you're comfortable to do that, that's fantastic. But I think myself, I prefer to have someone alongside me or certainly a group of people or, or whatever the case may be, just somebody to share those experiences with. Yeah. Um, you know, you can only, you can only capture so much um, from your, from your phone that you can share with others. So I think it's just, it's, it's quite nice to have somebody with you on a group of people with you that that can share not just share the, the good times but also if you do you get yourself into any trouble there's some some more input from other people whereby they can help you get out of a sticky situation yeah and the the sort of creation phase where we're in now where you, you you're working regularly and and obviously then you're planning your trips around that and you're still making sure that you're, you're seeing a lot of the world um obviously when times allow uh, covid free it's not always it's not always just a straight up positive experience, is it? Every time, obviously, you, you touch there on travelling alone. You, you've experienced that before, uh, and how challenging was that solo sort of um, adventure, if you like? Yeah, I think you know there are good and bad aspects to any any type of, of travel or anything you start, but. Um, this particular experience wasn't great. Um, I, I didn't really like the loneliness side of things. It's nice to meet people and it's fantastic, but um, you can only really go so far when you're stuck in one place, which is the agreement I had at that time. I was working in, in one particular part of Lisbon. Yeah. Um, so I didn't have the freedom to explore with, other, with others. And had I have had that experience and been able to, to meet others and then continue their trip with them, that would have been fantastic. But I think, yeah, I prefer being sociable and having people with you. I think that's fantastic. Um, and it certainly helps sort of get you over the anxiety of going somewhere far far away. Um, yeah. If you've got somebody there with you, somebody there with you who can share 
the responsibilities. Would you say that's your biggest learning curve then of travelling? If if it's not, what was your biggest learning curve over the last, say, 10 years? Yeah, I think there are, as I say, there are a lot of learning curves. You touched upon the fact that you can get ripped off or, you, you know, somebody could haggle you into a bad deal. Um, but you, you can learn so many things, like I've said, from in terms of time management, becoming flexible. I've had situations where, for example, I was stuck in China um, and we couldn't get a train for the next three days. And the only the only thing you can do there is sort of sit down and say, right, um, what, where can we go from here? And, you know, you have to spend money. If you have to spend money because you've got to get somewhere, then that's what you have to do. You just have to bite the bullet, learn from it, um, realise that you should have planned ahead, probably. Um, and then... Yeah, you just you just pay the money for the flight or whatever, um, and you get yourself to where you need to be. And then, as you say, you're learning from that experience. Mm. Um, and that was probably one of the biggest learning curves I've experienced. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. Have you ever been to a country then and, and thought I've not really embraced it as much as I wanted to? Did you ever feel like you'd left anything there, or or was it something of you've you've maximised or you've you've tried to your best and maximize each moment and then as you've sort of got more experienced you've you've developed those skills a bit more yeah I've, um i think i've been places before i've maybe had a snapshot of the city and mm. um, particularly we've just discussed my first trip across europe you know i was spending time in places like budapest and vienna and not really seeing the city properly um, i hadn't done my research um, a little bit of naivety from myself, probably should have, and in hindsight, I've learned that now, that if you do some research and find out what you want to see and how you want to go about it and make some... The plans don't have to be solid. Um, you know, you, could, you can be quite flexible with that um, and be quite fluid, but I, I think you should certainly have a rough idea of where you want to go and what you'd like to achieve whilst you're there. Yeah. Um, and that's you know obviously you constantly learn that so there might be something on your next trip where you think well that's the most powerful learning curve and you sort of keep going and, and going um, and then sort of more recently then um, full-time work you know a long-term serious relationship and you, you've managed to maintain the the travel sort of um, spirit in, inside you and you've gone away together how good is that experience to, to be able to share that with someone who you you know you're in a serious relationship with, um, obviously you engage as well to, you know, hopefully lifelong yeah. partners. How good is it to share that memory with with somebody? Well, that's that's probably the most amazing part of it all, to be honest. Um, having the experiences that I've had before certainly count towards helping us um, when we are places that can be difficult at times. Um, you know, being in Mexico and, and being stranded and stuff like that, that that certainly helps you build that confidence um, and having someone there as I've said it's it's amazing and being able to share those experiences with someone that you care about so much and you know that it's a journey and and I think the best thing about travel is probably the fact that it never really ends um, just like many things in life you know you're always learning and you're always moving forward and um, and I think that's the best thing about travel. There's always somewhere else you can go and there's always something else you can do. Um, you know, sights, smells and, and people to, to view and, and meet across the world. It's, it's the best part of it all, to be honest. Yeah, amazing. Um, definitely something that 
when you when you speak to yourself now, you sort of reflect and you think, you know, have I done enough? Um, like you say, there might not be such thing as enough traveling. You can always do more, I suppose. Um, what was the most powerful moment then? The moment where you just sat back in this sort of creation phase of, of you know, building um, your finances to go traveling and building your life. And then, you know, you're, you're away traveling and you just sat back and thought, wow, this is such a powerful moment. Yeah, there's been, I mean, there's been loads of them. As I say, you know, traveling somewhere like China and being on, stood on the Great Wall, um, that that really stands out to me as, as just like a wow moment where I'm like, well, I've achieved something here that I've always wanted. Um, and there's so many different people with different aspirations in life. But for me personally, being able to see such a great wonder of the world, it doesn't mean a lot to a lot of people. But for me personally, being there was, was amazing. Um, and that, you know, being there with my partner was even more special. Hmm. Um, I just wanted to just as well when you meant when you mentioned that it might not be an aspiration to, to to some people, but taking it right back to the beginning when you said about you know your granddad was well travelled, he'd seen the world. People then yeah. couldn't say that about yourself. Is that something that you want you know your children, your family to say? Oh, you know, dad or granddad had seen the world. Is that something that you you want others to sort of think about you? that as identity almost yeah not i'm not necessarily i don't necessarily do it for those reasons um but it i guess it would be nice um it's always nice when people ask you questions about it because you're sharing your experiences with others um, yeah. but it i wouldn't necessarily call myself an expert anyway like i've said there's always somewhere else i could go i always feel like there's more to achieve i'm never really content with what i've done yeah, um, like a lot of people in life, I suppose. Um, I always feel as though, you know, what's next? What can I do next? And how mm. can I get there? Um, and this year has been particular, or last year, sorry, has been particularly frustrating. Um, obviously, not being able to go where I want to go, and, and plans have sort of fallen away, um, as they have for a lot of people. I imagine. Yeah. How have you coped with that then? Have you just been? Have you decided, look, we're going to just plan and plan and plan and make sure that? Um, even though you, you were restricted last year, you, you've planned and, and made sure that this year you can, do, or when, when times allow, you've got things in place. Do you ever sort of sit down? <laughs> not, I can't imagine it being like you sit down and get out a map of the world and you go, right, here. Yeah. But, but what's the discussion like between you and your partner then? Well, it, it's actually, I mean, it's obviously been frustrating. Um, and especially when you we have plans to travel to Sri Lanka and Qatar and, you know, these these places would be amazing to visit. You've done a lot of research and a lot of hard work's gone into it, and it sort of falls away. Um, and I suppose it is, it is extremely frustrating. But you just, have, yeah, you're right, you're completely right. You have to just concentrate on what you can do next. Um, and and when this is all over, the world's still going to be there. Um, granted, it might be different, but you know you're still going to go and see these places. And, the research that people have done in the past and, and watching what people have got in terms of advice, that's not really going to change. Um, so you can certainly still pick apart, as we have done, you watch people's vlogs and stuff and you can pick that apart and find what you really want to do yourself and, and just build on that. Yeah, and I'm going to put you on the spot now a little bit because we didn't speak about this off air, but I hope you're ready for it. It might even be the same answer, who knows. But I'm going to just give you three different ages of people yeah. and them having zero travel experience with some some aspirations to sort of 
to travel. So first of all, 18 years old, you know, straight out of school, sixth form. Uh, and yeah, the, some of them, many 18 year olds actually sort of fall into that, like, and now I need to get work, you know, now I need to do this. Yeah. They follow sort of yeah. the, the advice from mum and dad, which we're not saying to completely ignore, but they have real aspirations and goals to travel. They've got a little bit of money behind them from a side, a Saturday job. What what advice would yeah. you give them at 18 years old? At that age, I would just build as much capital as you possibly can and look at different revenue streams. You know, that you've obviously had other podcasts with other, other guests whereby they give ideas um, mm. and concepts out. I think that's the best way to just build as much money as you possibly can and try to surround yourself with people that sort of support what you want to do and might even come on the journey with you. You know, when you're 18, you're certainly going to find friends that, that want to come with you and do what you want to do. Yeah. Um, and now looking at age, let's say age 28 and, you know, full-time work, looking for a place to live, you know, moving out of mum and dad's house, um, might be in a relationship at that point. And again, they feel like they've got commitments, but, you know, in the grand scheme of things, have they got that many responsibilities? What would you say to, to someone of that age about wanting to travel? The, the feeling maybe they should have done it when they're 18. Yeah, and it, I think as you get older, it does become more tricky, to be honest, because of your responsibilities. And particularly, you know, if you want to start a family, it's completely out of the equation that you can go off backpacking somewhere um, for a few weeks. So you need to try and fit in as, as early as you possibly can. But I think at 28, you're still reasonably young. And providing you haven't got too many commitments, there's no reason why you can't use, as I have, my annual leave, um, which is a sacrifice because you obviously use two or three weeks up in one block and then you, you don't have holidays for the rest of the year. Um but you can definitely do it, one hundred percent. Yeah, you can. Yeah. You know, if you put the time aside to plan it, you can do it. I suppose if you want something enough, that's it, isn't it? You, you know, that's what your passion is. So you're prepared to give up that time for exactly that. Final one, then, bit of a tricky one. Forty years old, yeah. family, two kids, <laughs> uh, but, but they've always wanted to travel. Like-minded couple. Yeah. Um, is it yeah. is it possible with a family? Is basically is the question. I don't, I, I, you know, I'm probably the wrong person to ask that question. I, I can't possibly give advice to somebody who's done something I've never done before, which is, is create a family and, and being at that age or demographic. But yeah, I don't, you know, obviously don't see any reason why not. If you start small, it depends how young your children are, for example. Yeah. But um, you can 100% you can find a way. There's always you, a way. Do you think that's a valuable experience? And even if it's just across the UK and it's seen different places, do you think there's a there's quite a, an invaluable sort of education there for for their children? And it's also ticks off something that they want to do and travel. If even if they started, like you say, small, visit the UK, other places they haven't been, then maybe going to Europe. Do you think there's some real value there for for a family? Yeah, you you're always going to broaden your understanding of the world and how it operates, and, and just to see these different cultures. How people work um, and and just yeah, as I say, you, you learn so much from it. So at one hundred percent, I think at any age um, you can never stop learning. Um, yeah. So I think you should one hundred percent. You should follow through with it and, and build an appreciation as well for, for what you have. I think that's probably the most important thing. Mm. Um, certainly, that I've learned appreciation, and I think that actually it links quite nicely into two of the questions that I ask every guest and that might be one of them actually uh three values that you that you live by 
Yeah, um, I'd say, well, yeah, appreciation. I, I have a great appreciation uh, for, for my background. And, um, you know, if you was to visit some of these impoverished nations and you realise just how bad things really can get, um, you, you 100% seeing it for yourself, it, it makes you build a massive appreciation for what you have and where you come from. And we are very fortunate um, to come from one of the biggest economies in the world and have the money that we have. Um, you know, I mean, if, if you're earning 24000 a year, you're in the top 1% of the world. And a lot of people don't know that. No, um, you, you build that as an understanding when you see it first hand. Um, and it's it's quite shocking, to be fair, the poverty that, that you can see. Um, but people make the most of it and they're happy. So, Wow, yeah. You know. Um, yeah, do you want the other two now? Yes, let's go for the other two. So we've got appreciation as one. Yeah. Um, I'd say tenacity is probably a big one as well. You have to be able to to pick yourself back up when something does go wrong. Um, so 100%, I'd say that's something that I, I've always prided myself on, the fact that I will always keep moving forward no matter what. Yeah. Um, and in, having integrity as well, you know. Um, you picked upon the fact that people will try and rip you off, which is fair enough, but I don't want to be that guy. You know, I want to try and give everybody a fair deal. Um, and I want people to sort of take me by my word and I'll follow through. So, yeah, I'd say those are, those are the three most important for myself. Amazing. Some fantastic answers there as well. And uh, going to our final question then, um, how can listeners, and, you know, let's put a sort of travel cap on this, you know, yeah. hopefully that we, if we can travel, how can listeners make 2021 their year? Yeah, you've got to you've got to do your homework. I'd say now is the best time to be planning. Um, you've got the time to put money aside, which is probably, as I said earlier, money and time is the biggest aspect of our biggest obstacle. So right now you should be scheming and you should be putting together your plans and what you want to do. Um, prices will go up. That's inevitable because the tourism industry has been hit hard. But you, if you want it enough, you'll do it. Yeah. Um, and there's nothing nothing to stop you. You know, as I've said. Things will go wrong around, along the way, but you'll find a way um, and things will go back to normal. So you usually ask where users can find you. So it's wonders through time. Oh, one word. Um, and that's obviously capturing everything that I've seen across the world. Um, and I think it's very different to a lot of stuff on Instagram. Um, it's not recycled photos. It is original images that I've authentically taken and, and found myself. So places people can visit themselves if they, were, if they are interested. Um, and seeing what I've seen and what's out there. If you you follow the the page, there's there's lots of amazing pictures. You know, like I say, I've known Robbie for years now, and or decades, and there's pictures on there that I've not seen before because, uh, you know, of the wide range of places you sort of forget almost really. Um, so it's great yeah. to sort of post, look back on things, and also it's a new thing for everybody else to see. And hopefully, it provides some some inspiration for for the the viewers and the listeners to then go and access and want to plan their own trips themselves so yes well to be honest from talking about these experiences robbie i've just found it really really powerful that that you've you've gone away you've learned lots of things and um, you've discussed openly the lessons that you've you've had along the way the, the most powerful moments and the the wide range of places that you've talked about as well where you've been so i really really appreciate you coming on the show this week robbie and thank you everyone for listening Catch you next week. Watch me not stop though.